Welcome to Rivers to Resilience, where you'll gain insights and knowledge into resilience while it's being inspired, motivated and transformed. I'm so excited about today's podcast because I'll be sharing with you about policing your thoughts. Yes, you heard that right, policing your thoughts. There's no police that I'm interviewing, but it's just you and me, the listeners and the audience. What I'm going to take you through is the journey and the process of how you can police your thoughts in order to boost and enhance your resilience. In these difficult and arduous times during COVID, during so much change, so much crisis, it's, it's critical that we're able to transform and to uncover some of those thoughts, because if we don't, we can self-sabotage. We can prevent ourselves from seeking opportunities. And I know for myself that that has happened. So that is why I'm pleased to take you on this journey with me. I hope you've got your pen and paper ready, or maybe it's your tablet, your iPad, your iPhone, whatever it might be. Because believe me, in this episode, you'll be taking a lot of notes. So I hope you're ready for this journey of building your rivers to resilience. So I'll be sharing about how you can increase your self-awareness, which is so important to building your emotional resilience. And also it's linked with emotional intelligence as well. Because in order for you to be emotionally intelligent, you've got to understand yourself, you've got to understand your emotions. But today we'll be looking particularly at your thoughts. However, there is a connection between our thoughts and our emotions. So you'll probably notice that I make reference to that. So when we think about thoughts, what are they? We use that word so loosely. And for me as a cognitive behavior therapist, I use the word thoughts, beliefs, cognitions, so many words, but I wanna break it down. So what is a thought? I want you to think about that. A thought or thoughts are the process of thinking. They could be our ideas, our opinions of ourselves, or others, or of situations, events, they could be appraisals. It's the meaning that we attach to situations or events. So it could be the meaning that you're attaching to COVID. It could be the meaning that you're attaching to a workplace difficulty. It could be the meaning that you're attaching to being furloughed. It could be that individual meaning or organisational meaning that you attach to a loss um, of finances, of a contract, it could be the meaning that you attach to the Black Lives Matters protest. And thoughts are the electrical signals in the brain, and that leads to neurons being fired. And we, we experience a plethora of thoughts every day. We're bombarded by thoughts. And sometimes, unfortunately, we don't realize the power of our thoughts, the power of our mindset. But I'm here to tell you and to remind you that as a man thinks, so he, will, so he shall be, so he will be. Your thoughts direct your actions. Your thoughts, your thoughts have an impact on your emotions and your emotions can contribute towards you 
approaching opportunities or possibly avoiding them. So I want you to think about the role that your thoughts have had in life, what opportunities has um, have been presented to you because of your thoughts, because of your mindset. What have you seen that you maybe wouldn't have seen if you didn't have the right mindset? So just take a few minutes to have to think about that. If you think you can do a thing or think you can't do a thing, you're right. Yes, you heard me correctly. You heard me rightly. I'll say it again. If you think you can do a thing or think you can't do a thing, you are right. You're not wrong, you're right. And that's a quote from Henry Ford. And as we all know, Henry Ford is known for being an innovative assembly line an American of American-made cars. But he wasn't an instant success overnight. So we can learn from his story. We can learn about resilience. We can learn about the power of perseverance, of tenacity, and of not giving up. The, the, the power of passion in the midst of a crisis. Henry Ford's early business, it failed. It left him broke five times before he found or founded the successful Ford Motor Company. So if he says that if we think you can do a thing or you can't do a thing, that that's right. What does that mean about you, about your life, your business, your family? I think we all need to police our thoughts and we need to check in with ourselves more often because our thoughts are stopping us from pursuing opportunities that are stopping us from, from being great. Yes, you're great, you're amazing, but you don't believe it sometimes. But I'm taking you on a journey to build your resilience because it is possible to build your resilience. Resilience, emotional resilience is a soft skill that can be built. It's highly sought after in the workplace, especially more so now with the, the expansion of remote working and the digital industry, having to maybe have many meetings online, connecting with people online, interpersonal skills are so important. Being resilient is important. Enhancing your soft skills are critical. And actually just getting through this pandemic requires resilience. I've got to speak to myself daily. Well, maybe it's a bit, maybe it's weekly now. Initially it was daily, it was very intense and I was very stressed. And I'm not afraid to say that as a therapist, um, I believe in, in transparency and authenticity. Just because I'm a, a therapist, psychotherapist in training does not mean I am immune to um, stress or that I'm immune to, you know, to, to, to ch struggling with a crisis, not at all. But I know what my limits are. And that's when I start using the strategies that I share with you all. So I'm just sharing that with you to highlight and to show you that we all need to build our resilience and being self-aware is critical in that process. So before I go into explaining and sharing with you about how you can unveil, how you can understand yourself, understand your thoughts and access them more readily, what I want to share with you is about the different levels of thoughts. There's different types of thoughts that we all experience. 
And I use this in therapy when I'm working with someone to help them to understand themselves. When I do a longitudinal formulation with an individual, what it entails is looking at how their early experiences, how historical experiences have contributed towards someone's current difficulties or challenges, which might be maybe struggling with, some, with your confidence or maybe feeling anxious or maybe feeling down and depressed. So there's different levels, there's thoughts that I help and facilitate my clients, young people and adults. I help them to, to understand what's going on, to understand why they're stressed, why they're avoiding certain things. So listen up, here we go. So there's three levels of thoughts. The first one is automatic thoughts. So these are streams of thoughts that you experience and they tend to be situation specific. So we want to focus on those unhelpful negative thoughts which are hindering you from building your resilience. So these automatic thoughts, they're involuntary, they pop into your mind when you're experiencing some type of, some type of distress or psychological difficulty where there's a bit of a conflict. And at the time, they appear rational, they appear plausible, and they can be difficult to turn off, they can be repetitive, and it can be that negative chatter that you're experiencing. And sometimes they're outside of your immediate awareness, and that's why it's important to bring them into your awareness in order for you to address them and then to regulate your response to it. So some of the thoughts that can help you to identify these automatic thoughts are asking yourself, and I'll go into this in some more detail later on, but asking yourself, what was going through your mind at that moment, maybe when you got upset, when you felt disappointed, when you felt like a failure. And it's important to remember that these automatic thoughts can be triggered by internal or external events. So an external event could be COVID, could be, being, could be losing a job, could be the ending of a relationship, a divorce, a child moving out of the house, family home. Or it could be an internal event where you might start to feel hot, you might have a headache, and then the way that you appraise that, the way that you interpret that, would lead to an automatic thought. It's also important to remember that automatic thoughts can also occur as images because some of us are a lot more visual, so that's something for you to think about. So maybe seeing yourself failing or thinking about your future and you're not succeeding, that can contribute to how you're, how you're viewing yourself, how you're viewing your future. And also it can be detrimental to your health, your well-being, and to you bouncing back and successfully navigating through the challenges of life. And the reason why it's so critical to understand yourself and to police your thoughts is because as humans, we're more socialized to understanding our emotions. We talk more about emotions as opposed to thoughts. And I notice this quite a lot when I work with, with um, 
yeah, with a range of people, professionals, teenagers, young people and adults for a range of difficulties. So sometimes, and I'm laughing now, um, this just really highlights the point nicely. I would say to someone that I'm working with, so what was going through your mind at that time? And the response sometimes would be anger. So anger is not a thought, but it's an emotion. So if that would be the response, what I would say to the individual that I'm working with is, okay, so you felt angry, that was the emotion. What led to you feeling angry? Why did you feel angry? When did you feel angry? So there are just some questions that can help with uncovering automatic thoughts. So the second type of thought or level of thought, should I say, are described as underlying assumptions or rules for living. So these are rules that guide our behaviour and set standards for our life. And these assumptions and rules are often the unarticulated and it can be difficult to detect. And I love, I love detecting these. I love helping my, um, my clients, my customers, uncover these thoughts because I love being a detective and it's fascinating when people understand why they're feeling a certain way or why they responded in a certain way through uncovering what their thoughts are and I've experienced this for myself as I'm you know I've attended counseling in the past and I'm you know I'm someone who is very reflective every so often I'll do some journaling as well and I remember there was a difficult time in my life and not so long ago, if I'm being honest, let's keep it real. Um, Yeah, and I was wondering why I was feeling a certain way. And I realised that I felt like a failure. And I knew consciously that I wasn't a failure, that this situation didn't define me. But subconsciously, I believed that I was that I'd failed because of this situation. And I knew that that was affecting my actions, that was causing me to retreat and to avoid certain situations. So me, me discovering that, realizing that allowed me to make some adjustments and changes in order to undermine that belief because I knew it wasn't correct. I knew it wasn't true. Um, like we all do sometimes, we might think, oh, everyone's better than me, or you have that um, self-sabotaging thoughts, or you have imposter syndrome. So it's important to understand where it comes from, why you're experiencing it, but it's also important not to stay there. And that's where the policing of the thoughts come in. But if you don't understand what is going through your mind, You're not able to to bring about changes. You're not able to police those thoughts. You're not able to regulate the thoughts or to regulate your emotional responses. So just going back to the underlying assumptions and the rules for living, I'll share with you some examples to bring it to life. So sometimes rules for living can be viewed as should or must statements. So, for example, I should be married by a certain age. I should have bought my house by now. I shouldn't have lost my job. If I impress other people, then I should get ahead in life. I shouldn't let people down. If I am friendly, or if I say at work, 
until everyone's left, then I'll get that promotion. They're just some examples of underlying assumptions. And these underlying assumptions can be developed early on in life and you can develop your rules for living from your parents or from siblings or from friends. So the rules that you've been exposed to, they're likely to have an impact upon you and you're likely to, to embrace them. So if you, maybe when you were growing up, if your parents said that, um, you know, by a certain age, you should have bought your house, then it's likely that you're possibly going to, to, to accept that, um, that rule for living. And then if you don't achieve it by a certain age, that's been stipulated, that can have a negative effect on you. So sometimes these rules for living, not sometimes, <laughs> all of the time, most of the time, rules for living are very rigid and inflexible and they cause a lot of distress because when you can't attain them, when you can't achieve them, you feel emotionally distressed and it has a negative effect on how you perceive yourself. So when I work with people who may be struggling with their confidence or even with depression, it's common that there's unhelpful assumptions or rules for living so for example with some people that I work with they will say if I don't um, help people it means that I'm a failure or weak so if they're not able to be busy and to be doing everything for the world and their dog um, that would make them feel like a failure but actually is it possible to constantly be helping everyone is it is it healthy is it wise and it makes me think of that um, that saying, that quote, you can't pour from an empty cup. So you've got to look after yourself first before you're looking after others in order for you to be able to, you know, to help them effectively. And I, I love that quote because I always remind myself of that. And especially during COVID, you know, I've had to take, um, take time off. I was slightly stressed. And then also just having more regular holidays so I can help you to to succeed and to thrive and to get through the, the challenge and the crisis. So the third level of belief, thoughts, cognitions are called core beliefs. Or another term that, that we use is the bottom line. So these are the deepest level of thoughts and they can be more difficult to uncover. So negative core beliefs tend to be overgeneralized and unconditional. And they're usually formed through early learning experiences and they can lie dormant until they're actually activated by certain significant life events. So, for example, if there's an ending of a relationship, that could cause someone to believe that they're worthless or they're not important. And when those core beliefs are activated, that can also lead to the way that you process information. It can be distorted, it can be biased, and it's a vicious cycle. So you can have core beliefs about yourself, about the world, about the future, about others, and you can have positive core beliefs. So it could be that one core belief could be that I'm a success, I'm important, but we're going to focus on core beliefs that are creating obstacles and stopping you from bouncing back and building your resilience. But in order for you to do that, you've got to uncover those core beliefs. So some others which might resonate with you are that maybe a core belief about yourself. 
would be that I'm unlovable, I'm not important. Another one could be that I can't trust anyone. And another core belief would be that everyone is against me. And it causes a lot of distress, the negative core beliefs. And that's why I want to help you to uncover them. So you can live the life that you want to live. So you can bounce back. So you can soar on wings as an eagle. So you can glide like a swan. So you can just take that handbrake off in your car and you can just start to drive the car. You can be the driver of your life rather than feeling like other people are in the driving seat and you're a passenger. It's about you taking control, you taking back that steering wheel and realizing that you are, yes, you are in control of your life. Journaling is, um, is a powerful way of policing your thoughts and uncovering your thoughts. So we know that it's quite popular now for people to journal. I see so many posts on, on Instagram and journaling is, is, is um, it's it, one way of describing it is keeping a diary, monitoring in this context, your thoughts, being self-aware of your thoughts consistently. And there's lots of different ways that you can do that. And the reason why journaling is so powerful because it helps you to process those thoughts. It helps you to process those emotions as well, which are linked to the thoughts. And it can also help you to locate where you are. It will help you to, if you understand where the GPS in your life is. And I'm sure we all want to understand where we are in life. We don't want to be getting lost. We don't want to be going around in circles. I for sure don't want to because I know when I'm following a sat nav and um, I get lost, it's a pain. And I remember back in the days when there were no sat navs, that's showing my age now, there was just the um, AA route planner. <laughs> I used the AA route planner to drive to Birmingham, to drive to London. And I remember going round and round in circles and it was so stressful. And I don't want you to be going round and round in circles in your life, in your career, in your business. You don't have to. It's important to understand yourself, understand the thoughts, understand how they're affecting your behaviours. So journaling and self-monitoring of your thoughts and your emotions can help with processing those emotions and thoughts. It can improve your mood and it can be such an empowering experience because it's very cathartic and it's very insightful. It can facilitate a mindful state as you let go of past worries and process experiences. And it's an also an opportunity for you to reflect and there's so many different ways that you can journal. You might be that you want to journal and buy a diary, buy a beautiful journal. You might just want a simple notebook. You might just want a piece of paper. Um, you might just journal in your phone. You might want to use an app. There's many apps that you can use. I'll just share a few with you, which I refer to in my, in my book, Resilience in the Workplace, From Surviving to Thriving. 
in business, in the workplace, and as an entrepreneur. So there's Dalio, which is fantastic. I recommend that a lot for my, I guess, the people that I work with that are struggling with their mood and anxiety. It helps you to monitor what you're doing, to monitor your thoughts, and to rate them. Ratings are so important as well. So when you identify and uncover those thoughts, whether they're automatic thoughts, underlying assumptions, rules for living, whether they're core beliefs, it's important to rate them. So to understand the intensity of the thought, how much do you believe it? So when you think of the thought, I tend to use a scale of naught to 100. So how much do you believe that thought? How much do you believe the thought that you're a failure? Is it zero? You're not convinced by it at all. Is it 50? That's that moderate or is it 100 that you're totally convinced? So it's powerful to quantify your thoughts. It's so important. It's so critical because it helps you to understand why certain thoughts are having a particular or significant impact upon you. I love numbers and I know sometimes my clients, <laughs> the young people are, I get sick of it. But I always say, you know what? It's I'm doing this for you because quantifying those thoughts and experiences and emotions is a way of monitoring progress and change. We quantify goals. I love it. We set goals at the beginning of therapy or coaching and they serve to direct the sessions. They are a bit of a GPS, the goals. And if we didn't quantify them, we wouldn't be able to monitor how people are doing, how, you pro how you're progressing, and then that would prevent us from making changes and adjustments. And we all need to do that in our lives. We all need to adapt. We need to understand what season we're in in life. Is it a season where we're having more unhelpful thoughts? And if we are, then we need to consider, well, what can we do about the, this to bring about change? How can we police those thoughts? So the first way to do that is actually acknowledging the thoughts, which is such a powerful process. And acknowledging them, it helps you to do a bit of a mind dump, dump as well. It can reduce anxiety and covering the thoughts because you might be wondering, why am I feeling a certain way? And then you have like a bit of a aha moment. It's like, yes, or a light bulb moment. And you realize it's because of this stinking thought. <laughs> this awful, negative, self-sabotaging thought. But you have got the power to change that thought and to shift your mindset. And I'm here to empower you and to let you know that you don't need to accept those fear-based thoughts that are telling you, no, you won't succeed. You, you know, you started with humble beginnings. You've not been invited to the table. You're not going to be a success. You're a failure. Your past dictates your future. No, 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 no. It's time to police your thoughts, brothers, sisters, kings, queens, CEOs teenagers the youth all of us it's time for us to take back control of our lives and one way of doing that is policing your thoughts and becoming aware of what is going through your mind another way to uncover your thoughts those unhelpful ones that are creating obstacles and stopping you from succeeding and bouncing back in business in life in your career in your relationship 
is by using a technique which I use as a cognitive behavioural psychotherapist, which is called the downward arrow technique or the vertical arrow restructuring. So what this means, what it refers to, I'll break it down, is it's a questioning style that aims to help an individual to elaborate on or to unpack and understand their experience of those automatic thoughts that just pop into your mind and they seem plausible at the time. And this approach, the downward arrow technique, can help with identifying fundamental meanings underlying an unwanted reaction to a particular thought. And an example of some questions that I would use when I use a downward arrow technique in my practice is asking someone, what was going through your mind? Another thought may be, or question should I say, is are there any particular thoughts or pictures that you were having at that time? So maybe when you were feeling stressed, was there an image of yourself? And then just, you know, how did you feel at that time? Some other questions that um, are used with a downward arrow technique are, I wonder what seems, seems so bad about that. In your view, what that mean, does that mean? So it's unpacking the experience, unpacking the thought. What does that say about you as a person? I love that one. So I use that a lot with myself. What would that mean about your life, about your future, about your relationship, or about your job? So it's looking at appraisals. What would others think of you? How would you label that? And then another question could be, can you describe the worst thing that could happen? And if that were true, then what? So these questions can help you to uncover more about your belief system. And these questions lead to that emotional state being evoked when you're in a particular situation, which allows you to have more access to your thoughts. And beware, it can be a difficult and emotional experience as you begin to uncover what are those thoughts that are causing you distress? How do you view yourself? How are you perceiving yourself? In this crisis of the pandemic, how are you perceiving yourself as a mum, as a dad, as an employee, as a manager, as a friend? We've all got so many different roles, so many hats, but we're all humans. And I think it's so important that we just focus on that as well. It's not necessarily about roles or titles because sometimes you can get lost in that. And I know when I've worked with CEOs and execs and some really successful people, it's quite, um, it's been quite insightful to discover certain beliefs that they hold because you would not, you wouldn't expect it because of the position that they have in an organisation, because of, because of the success that they've achieved as well. So maybe that's you, maybe you are a success, maybe you're a high flyer, you're doing well, you're a millionaire. Maybe that's you and you're thinking, I don't need, <laughs> I don't need any help. I don't need to police my thoughts. Maybe you don't, but maybe you do. So why not just set some time aside just to be with yourself, just to reflect, to connect with yourself? 
and to understand what might be contributing to your to your emotional distress or what might be stopping you from bouncing back what might be causing you to be irritable what might be causing you to be stressed what might be causing those relationship difficulties and that strife because there's always a reason and it's likely that it's linked with your belief system or how you're perceiving that situation as an individual mindfulness is also another way that you can become more aware of your thoughts and you can understand yourself so for those who don't know mindfulness is a way of being it's about paying attention intentionally in the moment and taking a non-judgmental stance and research shows when people are mindful that it can help with your concentration it can reduce stress reduce anxiety it's got so many positive effects to your health as well so i'm just going to take you through a mindfulness exercise which can help you with uncovering your thoughts but what i want you to do now is just to sit in a comfortable position i want you to sit upright whether you're sat on a chair or on the floor in the car and i want you to focus on how it feels for your feet to be connected to the ground how it feels for your back to be connected to the chair for your hands to be by your side and what i want you to do is just bring your attention to your breathing I want you to focus on the rhythm of your breathing and as you're breathing in and out I want you to imagine that a balloon is inflating and deflating and if you notice that you might get distracted by different thoughts different sounds different smells I want you just to notice that not to get too engaged with it not to fuse with it but then just bring your attention back to your breathing. Now I want you just to imagine and visualise sitting on the edge of a metaphorical pond and throwing a pebble into the pond. The pond could be your mind and the pebble could be a question. The pebble slowly floats down to the bottom, but it also creates circles on the surface of the pond. And those circles represent expanding the awareness of your mind, understanding your thoughts on the different levels. The deeper the pebble floats down, the more insight and understanding you'll discover residing in your mind. And when you repeatedly focus on the same question, different answers arise depending on the depth or the levels of, you, of knowing and of those thoughts. So continue to visualize yourself sitting at the edge of this beautiful clear pond. I want you to really immerse yourself in this. Imagine that the sun is shining and you can see some of its rays reflected in the water and it's warm. You can see some beautiful flowers. You can hear some children playing, hear a frog croaking. You can see the green grass, which smells so fresh. 
Just allow yourself to see this pond in all its glory and add an image or sound that comes up naturally in your imagination. So I want to make it very personal. And I want you to imagine yourself picking up a small flat pebble, as I shared earlier, throwing it into the water. Watch it closely as it floats down a little. Be still and notice what are the thoughts that are evoked. Are there any feelings or sensations? But we'll focus on the thoughts. What are the thoughts that you experience right now? Allow the pebble to float further down into the water and see whether there might be any other thoughts or maybe some emotions, sensations. Allow the pebble just to settle at the bottom of the pond. And maybe you can see where it lies at the bottom of the pond. Consider what you're thinking. Are there any messages arising from the deeper consciousness that you need to hear or perhaps bring to your awareness? brings to your awareness. Sit a little longer, just, just rest and be present and just breathe. Moment to moment, just notice your breathing, notice the rhythm of your breathing. Moment to moment. And I want you to repeat this for five to 10 minutes. And this can help you to be more aware of your thoughts And it, we can get, bring insights into those thoughts that might be preventing you from maybe doing that thing that you've been pulling off for so long, procrastinating, from applying for that job, from getting out of your comfort zone. Just setting time aside to be with yourself, connecting with yourself, connecting your thoughts is such a powerful process. So once you've tried that, I'd love for you to let me know how you found that experience because it is very enlightening. And as we all begin to police our thoughts through uncovering the thoughts initially, that's the first stage. I believe that it allows you to connect with yourself on a deeper level. You become more self-aware and you're more able to give the, the world, a, you know, the best version of yourself. So I hope you found everything that I've shared with you today useful and insightful. I hope you can remember that there's three layers of thoughts or cognitions, core beliefs, underlying assumptions and automatic thoughts. And the ways that you can uncover some of these thoughts are by journaling or monitoring, by being mindful, by using the downward arrow technique, and by rating some of these thoughts. Enjoy the rest of your evening and I look forward to hearing from you in our next episode. Don't forget to connect with us on all of our channels where our podcast is available. It's available on Spotify and many other channels. Also connect with us on LinkedIn instagram 
on Twitter. All of this information will be in the um, show notes. And it's been fantastic taking you on this journey of building resilience and of this journey of rivers to resilience. Enjoy the rest of your week. And I want to leave this with you. These are my final words to you. If you think you can do a thing or think you can't do a thing, you're right. So the choice is yours. Are you going to think that you can do a thing or are you going to think that you can't do a thing? Either way, you're right.